Micah, thank you for thanking us. We're glad to have you with us today. Uh, thank you to Alyssa, our children's minister, for the word. She put a lot of work into that video. You know, you, you got to thank her for that. And then uh, prayer, prayer Pal Sunday is January 28th. That's going to be fun, too. We are in uh, the Gospel of Luke in the first chapter. And um, Christmas has always been associated in one way or another, and, you know, it's today, as we said, you know, Santa and all that, but, you know, it's also been associated with uh, the birth of Christ. And here's the thing, whenever Jesus was born, that, that's a true story. That's a true story, the birth of Christ. And um, it, it, it doesn't matter when the date is, you know, sometimes people say that and say, it doesn't matter when the date is, but the one date that I can't mention it is Christmas. Well, that's silly. If it doesn't matter when the date is, I can mention it anytime I want, even on Christmas, because there's something to the story. Luke knows there's something to the story. When you read Luke's gospel, he tells us that he's going to those people who were there and he's getting the news from them and he's making a report so that he can tell it to us so that we can not only believe in this, but we can know the certainty of the things we've believed. And he told us the story of Zechariah and how something miraculous happened to Zechariah and Elizabeth. And even though they were very old and they weren't expecting it, they had a child and that child grows up to be John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus. Mary is the woman who will be the mother of Jesus. Jesus comes, the Son of God, He comes to this earth, born into this world the same way you and I are. And His mother is a young girl named Mary. Luke tells her story, picking up in verse 26. And just like with Zechariah, an angel appears before Mary. Now, often we get this sort of superhero image of Mary out there in the culture, or kind of a supernatural icon, statue version of Mary, where she has a set of powers all her own. Uh, Some of you may have grown up in cultures or traditions where Mary is is even kind of worshipped like a goddess herself. Um, Even if you didn't grow up with that, you may be familiar with it, and... uh, we all hear the term Saint Mary connected with Mary. And, and I, I have no intention of debating any of that or getting into any of that. I'm just going to tell the story like Luke tells it. And Luke introduces her as a girl, a virgin. And, and that, that means that she is a young girl who's never been married, never been with a man. It's not just her sexual status. It is also her station in the society, meaning that she is very young. In their culture, she is either going to be her father's daughter or she is going to be her husband's wife. If you don't like that, I didn't write the Bible and I didn't make up history. Okay? But this, is, this means that Mary, whatever we think of her afterwards, is a young girl, a teenager. And, Luke tells us, 
she's from an unimportant town. Not the big city, not the great city, not Jerusalem. I mean, Zechariah's story took place in Jerusalem. It took place in the temple. It took place at the place where God gets his mail and packages delivered, the temple. But he has to tell us that Mary lived in a town called Nazareth. That's a town in Galilee, verse 26. In other words, when he says Nazareth, people have to say, where's Nazareth? Oh, that's up in Galilee. Oh. If you have to give people those sort of directions, then it's a, it's a place that's easy to miss. This is Mary. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you with the power of the Most High, will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word, be to, me, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Right now we see two differences between the Mary story and the Zechariah story. If we ran through both of those, or if you remember the Zechariah story last week, you might think, wait a second, they both ask questions of the angel. Zechariah's doesn't end up very well. I mean, he asked this, uh, wait a second, how question, the same way Mary asks uh, a how question so, so why does it turn out differently? It has to do with the, with the question. Zechariah is asking the question to Gabriel, how can I be sure? He has some doubts. He doesn't see this happening. He doubts that he and Elizabeth are the ones to be a part of God's plans. He, he doubts that this is, should happen to him. And he might even be backing away from the announcement. Trying to put it off on somebody else. Because he likes, to, he, he likes a God that he can manage in the temple. But he's silenced for not trusting. Verse 20. Because he does not... And I know it says in your Bible, believe, right? But we're going to get to that in a second. But because he doesn't believe, because he doesn't trust, because he doesn't have faith, he's silenced until... He can have a word of trust and belief. Mary, on the other hand, is just asking about the obvious barrier. She's saying, how is a woman supposed to have a child 
if I'm not married yet? She's not doubting. She accepts that. She just wonders, how is this to be? But did you notice that in her question, she says, how is this to be? She doesn't doubt that it will be. And God says that this this conception will be exceptional. It'll be unique because He will be the Son of God. This will be the work of the Holy Spirit. And so she's blessed for trusting. Take a look at what... um, Take a look at uh, what Elizabeth says to her, starting in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready, hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill His promises to her. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill His promises to her. Because Mary trusts, she's blessed for it. She's favored by God. One of the questions we seem to be focused on in religion, it's like our foundational, fundamental question is, do you believe in God? This is the gateway question for a lot of us. Do you believe in God? Yes. Do you believe in God? No. It's an option in today's world. It's an option in our culture. Because if you don't believe in God, then all of this may be pointless. If you do believe in God, then sometimes we want to convince people that then you'd better do certain things. You've got to go through certain procedures. But I want you to hear this question differently. Um, because sometimes the struggle is not believing if God exists. Sometimes the struggle is believing in the God that does exist and what that means. We tend to take this question and ask, do you or do you not acknowledge his existence? I actually think there's room for doubt on that. And I don't mean, I'm not encouraging it, and I'm not saying it's okay, and I'm not saying that you need to live constantly in some situation where you're undecided. I am going to say that it is not an automatic That someone believes in God. You have to come to know God to know that He exists. Or maybe you believe that He exists and it requires faith. And that faith is what this word believe really means. It's not just the intellectual acknowledgement or acceptance of the reality of God. But belief is a word that means has kind of a, a range of meanings for us in English. For, for example, I, I could say, I, I believe that there probably is a Bigfoot. Or I believe that dinosaurs roam the earth. I have evidence. I believe that I smell smoke. Now, I may not. It may be an hallucination. But I believe it 
and that means that I'm going to check it out. Okay? All of those uses of the word belief mean that I've accepted something. But when I say things like, you know, I believe in my family. I believe in my wife. I believe in my children. And what do you believe? Do you believe they exist? Oh, no, I know they exist. I mean, I believe in them. When I say to people, you know, I, I just believe in my home congregation. I believe in West Ark. Things that we've done this last year, the things we've accomplished together, the way we've grown, the way our leaders have led, I, I, just, I just believe in them. What are you saying? You're saying you believe they exist? No, that's not what I'm saying. You know that. Of course you exist. I'm sitting here talking to you right now. What do I mean when I say, I believe in you? I believe in them. Think about it. I'm saying that I trust you. I have faith in you. Sometimes the question, do you believe in God, is really saying, okay, you may believe that he exists, but do you trust him? Do you trust in his power? The difference between Zechariah and Mary is that Zechariah believed that there was a God. He was in the temple. He was offering sacrifices. He knows there's a God. He's, he's closer to God's presence than anyone else on earth at that moment. But there's some doubt as to whether he really trusts God. Mary, on the other hand, hears the word, asks how it's going to be, and at the end of it says, I'm your servant. May it be to me as you have said. May your word be fulfilled. And Elizabeth even recognizes this and says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. That's not just intellectual acknowledgement. Mary has trusted in God. Well, I don't know, preacher. Maybe it is. Okay, listen. Let's let her sing a song and see if we don't accept that. Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones. But He has lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things. But He sent the rich away empty. He's helped His servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham, to his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. When you hear that song, do you think Mary trusts in God? Do you think she has put her faith in him? I think so. It's a bit of a borrowed tune. She's borrowed it from Hannah. Ages before her, Hannah went up to the temple and trusted that God would give her purpose by allowing her to become the mother of of Samuel and God used that to lead his people listen to the things that Mary says my soul glorifies the Lord my spirit rejoices in God my Savior you know so many of us we're just looking to be happy I just I wish I was happier I wish I could do this to be happier I need to find some way to be happier 
Have you looked to God? Well, I don't know. Sometimes God seems to make things more difficult. Uh huh. If God is nothing more than a mathematical formula you have to believe in, but if he's the one who creates, if he's the king, and you learn to trust in him, and you learn how much he loves you, I think you're going to find happiness. Mary knows that. She trusts. We sing that song, my Lord, or, or uh, my soul glorifies the Lord. Have you ever thought that when we're singing that song, that that might be a little trust exercise with God, that that's us kind of encouraging one another to believe in God, not just believe that He is, but to believe that He loves us, to believe that He is our Lord. It's like those healing choices we talked about, that we believe that God exists and I'm not God, and we believe how much He loves us, and we believe that He can make something out of our lives, all of those wonderful choices. He's been mindful of the humble state of His servant. He cares about us. His mercy extends to those who fear Him. He's merciful. You know, sometimes when we are afraid of the Lord, and we've been taught at times to be afraid of the Lord, and and there is a difference between being terrified of the Lord and respecting the Lord, but sometimes when we've taught to be afraid of the Lord, We never want to move beyond that fear that what we have to do sometimes is the God magic or the biblical ritual that keeps Him off our back. But the word of the Lord from Scripture is, oh, fear not, because He's merciful. He's merciful. He's helped His servant Israel. He's performed mighty deeds I mean, God is active, He's working, He's doing things, and He's doing it for the right reason. He's good. We say that. Let's do it, let's do it, you ready? Wake up. God is good, and all the time, do you understand what we're saying when we say that? We're making a confession of trust. We're making a confession of belief. We are trusting in God who does the right thing. And let me tell you, that can be challenging at times. It is not always easy to say what we've just said. But that's the nature of trust. Here's the other thing that comes out of this story, though, that may help us with the trust. Is that God favors us. God can actually favor us he favors mary the angel comes to her and says uh greetings you who are most favored and in the original greek that's just got one word it's like a new name for her he's saying greetings favor he's got a name for her and it, it means that she's the one who's going to be blessed with god's favor And you know what she did to get that favor? Other than having two X chromosomes, not much. And she didn't even get to determine that. She's female. That's the way she was born. But she gets favored by God. She doesn't come from the right town. She doesn't come from the right clan. She doesn't come from the right people. None of that's mentioned. It's just God's gracious favor. And in fact, any time that we try to make Mary or her 
who she is or where she came from some important point that puts her in the right place at the right time. We're no longer talking about the favor of God. We're talking about some sort of random happenstance or fate. In both of the stories, with Mary and with Zechariah, God gives life wherever He desires. He's the Creator. Back in those Genesis creation stories, God wants things to be a certain way, and they are. Well, how does God make light on the first day if He doesn't make the sun until a few days later? He's God. He can do this because He wants to. That's the whole point. In fact, God doesn't have to follow the natural order. The natural order is made by God. And the point of the story, when she says, how is this going to be? She's not doubting it's going to be, but, but, but how? She's asking a question about the natural order, about the biological nature of things. And we often get caught up in that too. And the whole point of it is, it's going to be because God wills it. It's what God wants the mechanics, the biology of this are not the issue. Even when there's no natural life force, as it was with Zechariah and Elizabeth, God gives life. God shows favor on those He loves, not those who deserve it, not those who earn it. And I, I really want us to embrace that. If we want to grow as disciples and make disciples, we're going to have to learn to be like Mary. Mary knows that she's blessed, and she knows that she's going to be called blessed because she got brought into God's salvation plans through nothing that she did on her own. If Mary, I, I do think Mary is heroic. I think Mary is a great example simply because she accepts the grace, the favor, and the mercy of God and trusts in Him. Well, that's, that's step one for being a disciple. And our message needs to be a message to the world, not a message that says, look, come unto us because we've got it right. Come unto us because we have the bat phone to God. I mean, He listens to us more than He listens to anybody else. Come and hear us because we've got the greatest preacher in the United States. Which may be true, but it's, it's not. It's not. You know, but come to us because we do this, because we've built this, because we're this kind of people, because we do these great things. We need to have a story that just says, look, we're not asking you to come to us. We're asking you to go to the God who favors people. Because we're favored. I mean, we're, we're blessed. We are blessed. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But thank God that he's so gracious that he let us be a part of it. And, and there's a confession that we know. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that's said in this text too. No word of God will ever fail. That's the thing that we know. We know that because we know God. We know God and as we get to know God, we realize, you know, when God wants to do something, he's going to get it done. When he says something's going to be, it's going to be. And that ought to relieve us of so many anxieties. That God hasn't left us some sort of encrypted Da Vinci code that we have to figure out so that we can accomplish His purposes because, boy, if we don't get this done before He gets back, He's going to be so mad at us that we didn't do more with what He gave us. All we have to do is lean into the wind of the Holy Spirit 
and be like Mary and say, God, we're your servants. May, may your word for us be fulfilled. That's a good response. That's Mary's response. I wonder if you're willing to say that. I wonder if you've ever said that. Have you ever made that confession that you are the servant of the Lord? May your word to me be fulfilled. I know that can be tough, and I'm not going to take that away from you. It can be tough. It can be challenging. In fact, that's why I'm a little impressed with Mary. Because even though she's this, uh, this, this kid, a child, a young girl, and she's from, she, really, nobody's ever really heard from her or the town that she comes from. Still, she knows enough to say, you know, God sent his angel. I can, I can just submit myself to him. And once I've heard the gospel and what it means, I can realize that I'm favored too. Sometimes I have to make that statement to God day after day, and that's okay. And sometimes you might have to make that statement day after day, and that's okay as well. And it might be that today, Mary needs to be your hero, and you may need to imitate her trust in God. So if there's anything that you want to turn to God to today and and, and speak your trust to him offering yourself up as his servant asking that his word be fulfilled in your life i just want you to do that today now how i'm going to leave that to you i'm going to give you a few options but i'm going to tell you first thing is is you, you need to talk to god you need to just and god will know he's god find yourself a quiet place today and pray about that Find a trusted friend and talk to them about it too. Uh, and then we even make a time here where these shepherds who are going to be standing up here, you can just come up and ask one of them to pray with you or you can ask the whole congregation to pray with you or it might be your dis- day that you need to decide that you need to be baptized today. And there will be elders back there too in a room. So, oh, there's so many options, but just respond. Let's stand. Let's sing together.